Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host. Let's go out there and have a good day, all right, buddy? Dave Buchanan. Good morning, race fans. 11.03 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, another great show lined up for you on this Sunday morning here in Western New York. And another great race day. Lots of excellent racing on TV this afternoon as we've got the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series in Martinsville at the Paperclip, the half-mile famed oval there in Virginia. And we've got IndyCar in action today as for the first time ever, IndyCar travels to Austin, Texas in Circuit of the Americas, the uh, Coda Race Circuit down there. They've got a race this afternoon at 1 o'clock. We also have lots of other great things to talk about this morning. NHRA is off to a great start. They're three races into the books and uh, they're off this weekend before heading to Las Vegas next week for the first of the two uh, four-wide events of the 2019 season, and we're going to kind of break down the first three races of the NHRA season with uh, Jake Sundstrom from National Dragster and NHRA.com. Jake's going to check in with us in about 11 minutes or so and get his thoughts after the first three races of the year. Uh, NHRA in Gainesville, Florida last weekend for the famed Gator Nationals, the 50th edition of the Gator Nationals, and uh, they, again, will be in Las Vegas uh not next, excuse, not, excuse me, not next weekend, but the first weekend in April uh, for the four-wide race there in Vegas. Also, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we had a caller uh, educate us last week about some motorcycle racing, a uh, uh, topic we don't usually cover here on the program, but just, we are more than open to uh, bring some attention to it because it has a local connection. As uh, last weekend was the Daytona, or two weeks ago, was the Daytona 200 for the Superbikes there at Daytona, and the race was won by Kyle uh, Kyle. Wyman of Rochester and uh, one of the biggest superbike races of the year and he picked up the win in impressive fashion with an exciting four lap dash to the finish and Kyle is actually going to be on the show with us this week he's going to join us at 1135 after uh, the caller last week Chris kind of brought it to our attention uh, some quick uh, social media communications and uh, we've got Kyle lined up to talk with us here this morning on the program to kind of uh, talk a little bit more about his career in motorcycle racing and talk about this big win he had at Daytona a couple weeks back in the Daytona 200. And uh, I went back and watched the end of the race, and it was a pretty thrilling finish as they had a red flag with four laps to go, and it wound up being about a 5-6 bike battle right to the the checkered flag there on the on the road course, Daytona. A pretty thrilling event and a huge win for Kyle, the biggest of his career. And again, the young man is from uh, the Rochester area, so he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. As always, though, phone lines are open for you this morning, 803-0551-888-550-2550. We also have Twitter at FastTrack550. And you can also uh, reach us through Facebook, facebook.com slash WGR Fast Track. As NASCAR in Martinsville today, the first short track race of the uh, 2019 season. It'll be nice just to not worry about, you know, 
spacers, uh, tapered spacers and aero packages and just racing, man. Just 500 laps at Martinsville today. Good old short track and, and looking forward to today's race and just hoping for uh, some exciting racing because we've struggled to find some at times this year. It's not been all bad. You know, we've had some good finishes. Um, you know, the Logano Keselowski finish at Las Vegas uh, stands out, obviously. But uh, we've had some mixed results this year, obviously, with uh, the new package and teams st- t- still dialing into that. And also, um, you know, just the uh, competition maybe uh, was a little hyped up too much at the start of the season by some people talking about the package and maybe expectations were a little too high for some people and that why it's been a bit of a downer to start the season but uh today don't have to worry about any of that just a good old-fashioned short track racing at martinsville today and joey logano on the pole uh the defending series champion with already one win in his pocket here in 2019 as i mentioned in las vegas he'll be on the pole today eric almarola will join him in row number one almarola off to a good start uh once again this year with stuart haas racing in his second season in the 10 car row two it'll be brad keselowski and kevin harvick Row three was supposed to be Denny Hamlin and William Byron. However, the cars were going through uh, post-qualifying inspection this morning. The uh, cars qualified after the truck race yesterday afternoon down there at Martinsville. But they had inspection this morning, and the 24 car actually failed inspection. So he had to forfeit his time, and Byron will drop to the rear of the field for today's race after qualifying sixth there in the 24 car for Hendrick Motorsports. Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott qualified seventh and eighth. Top ten starters rounding out by uh, Martin Truex Jr. And Daniel Suarez, who is also uh, off to a semi-decent start in the uh, the 41 car. Um as he, uh, in his first full season with Suhas Racing, uh, he qualifies 10th. You got Clint Boyer and Jimmy Johnson, no stranger to victory lane at Martinsville. He would love to get his season kick-started today with a win for the 48 team uh, as he rolls off 12th. Chris Busher continues his nice little start to the season. He is qualified 13th for today's race for JTG Doherty Racing alongside Kyle Busch, who won the truck race yesterday and, of course, is fresh off his win last week at Fontana. And he finally, well, not finally, but he got that win number 200 that we talked about last week. Uh, Obviously not 200 cup wins. We talked about this last week, but just for those who haven't been paying attention, Kyle Busch getting uh, NASCAR National Crew win 200 last week at Fontana, and then he got race win 201 yesterday in the Truck Series race there at Martinsville. So he will look for his second weekend sweep of the season, and I think his third uh, weekend where he's won two races uh, going back-to-back in one week, and I think he had one other weekend where he won two out of the three, and then he had the sweep uh, earlier this year, too. So career win 201 yesterday for Kyle Busch. Other notable names in the starting lineup, uh, Ryan Priest qualifying 16th in his first cup start at Martinsville, uh, Alex Bowman 17th, Ryan Blaney 18th, Eric Jones and Kurt Busch 19th and 20th, and uh, yeah, that'll about do it. Um, the uh, RCR car struggling qualifying with Daniel Hemrick in 29th and Austin Dillon back there in 30th. So, Again, just today's race, just looking for a good change of pace, a good palate cleanser after the first five races, and uh, you know not have to worry about close competition because there will be plenty of it there on the paperclip at Martinsville. And I mean, you look at the standings to to start the year, not a whole lot of surprises, and really, um, the and I'm sure we'll be talking more about this, but still the the playoff positions, it, it's not going to take much to kind of get this field of 16 locked in, I think, this year, the way the standings are already starting to shape up, uh, barring some uh, out 
out of the out of nowhere wins at some point this year during the regular season. Uh, it's going to be hard for guys already outside of the top 16 to point their way into a playoff spot just based on the already level of talent that are locked into those positions. But it is a long regular season to state, say the least, and uh, we'll see how it continues to play out. But you got Kyle Busch leading the standings as uh, he's already off to a two win two wins this season and four top fives, and he's got a top ten in all five races so far here in 2019 over Joey Logano. Kevin Harvick, third in points, only driver inside the top five without a win, but we know how talented Harvick is, and he continues to have a strong start. Four top tens out of the first five races. Denny Hamlin. Your Daytona 500 winner in fourth, and then Brad Keselowski there rounding out the top five here early on in the season. Then you've got Eric Almarola, Martin Truex, Kyle Larson, Kurt Busch, and Ryan Blaney rounding out your top ten in the points currently. And uh, I will say I'm happy for Kurt Busch. Uh, four top tens here in the first five races in that one car. You know he was he's been in been with Stuart Haas. And had some good runs, and then Stuart Haas, a top-level team, and I wasn't sure what was going to happen when Kurt made the switch from Stuart Haas over to the Ganassi team. As uh, while Kyle Larson has done well for Ganassi, that one team hasn't had the performances in recent years compared as well as the 42 car. But Kurt is uh, right there with Kyle Larson in the standings, um, and he's actually you know had a better track record this season based on top fives and top tens Kyle only has two top tens whereas Kurt has as I said the four top tens and a pair of top fives under his belt this year so uh, Kurt is off to a comparable performance as his teammate what I think is a great uh, sign for the Chip Ganassi team with uh, two top level drivers in Bush and Larson so that race comes up at two o'clock this afternoon uh, from Martinsville Virginia one of the most uh, iconic facilities on the circuit and definitely uh, on my Maybe tops on my list of tracks I would love to visit on the Cup Series. I've been to Daytona, uh, so I, I don't have to worry about that on my uh, bucket list. I've been to the Daytona 500. So I think Martinsville really is the number one track on my list that I would love to go see a NASCAR race at. Just ahead of Bristol, I think. Bristol, for obvious reasons, is maybe lost a little importance in recent years with the competition, but I still love to just go and be in that experience of uh, being inside the uh, the uh, half mile there at Bristol. But I think I'd re- I really would love to go to Martinsville, especially that race in October at the end of the season that's always filled with drama. I think that'd be number one on my list of uh, races I'd want to see on the NASCAR schedule just ahead of Bristol, and then maybe like... Uh, Maybe a, maybe Darlington would be third on that list. I don't know if I put more thought into it. Uh, also, we've got IndyCar today, uh, at, again, at COTA, at the Circuit of the Americas. There's a facility I'd love to go check out, especially go stand in that huge tower that it rises above the track. Someone had some awesome video on social media during one of the practice sessions this weekend from IndyCar, and just what a view from standing atop that massive tower there at COTA, at Circuit of the Americas in Austin, Texas, uh, where Formula One has run the U.S. Grand Prix here for the last couple of years. And now for the first time, IndyCar will race there. And I think I saw earlier this weekend, it's the first time since 2006, I believe, where uh, IndyCar and Formula One will race at the same facility in the same season. But it'll be willpower for Penske Racing on the pole for the race. Uh, Alexander Rossi. Uh, alongside him in the front row. Then you got Ryan Hunter Ray third, and then you got your f- first two of uh, three rookies. Well, three inside the top 10, four in the top 11. You got Colton Herta, 
who has been off to a, a tremendous start uh, for Harding Racing with uh, George Steinbrenner, the fourth, also the co-owner. Then you got Felix Rosenquist that we've talked about from Sweden driving for Chip Ganassi this year. He qualified fifth. Then you got Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, who won the opener in St. Pete. Then you got Patricio Award making just his second career IndyCar start. Award driving for Harding Racing, the reigning Indy Lights champion, which is the uh, major feeder series for IndyCar for uh, development drivers. Uh, he made his debut in IndyCar last year in the last race of the year at Sonoma, California, and uh, he is, uh, with Harding Racing this year, he's making his first of, I believe, 13 races this year, including the Indianapolis 500, but uh, impressive qualifying effort for him in eighth. Zach Veach, Graham Rahal round out the top ten, and then you've got uh, rookie Santonio Ferrucci rounding out, uh, fin- uh, qualifying 11th for today's race. Um, J- James Hinchcliffe back in 15th. Uh, the other rookie in the field, uh, Marcus Erickson, uh, his t- Hinch's teammate, is 16th today. Borde- Sebastian Bourdais, 17th. Marco Andretti back there in 20th. Simon Pagano back in 22nd. Tony Kanaan uh, will start last in the 24-car field today for Circuit of the Americas. But it should be a, a thrilling event. That's coming up at 1 o'clock this afternoon uh, on NBC Sports today for the uh, the NTC IndyCar Series. That'll be on NBC Sports Network. But excited to see them at a new facility. Right now, though, let's go to the Wester Hotline and let's go from road courses to straight line racing as let's bring in from National Dragster. Jake Sundstrom is on the line. Jake, good morning. It's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Great to talk to you. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Doing well. And uh, Jake, I'll tell you what, it feels like just yesterday these guys were racing at Pomona. It's hard to believe we're already three races into the uh, NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing season. Yeah, now one-eighth of the way through, and now stuff starts to actually kind of matter when you start looking at, you know, numbers and standings for, I mean, I guess everybody except for the pro stock motorcycle category, which just got its start in Gainesville. Uh, let's let's go through the, the big three, the three major uh, national uh, divisions, and let's start with uh, Funny Car and, man, Robert Height. What a start to his season. He's got three number one qualifiers, two wins, and a trip to a semifinals. Uh, he, and, he and his uh, John Force racing team, they're off to a phenomenal start this year. What's been this, what, from what you can tell, what's been some of the secret to their success here out of the box? Uh, Jimmy Proc, Jimmy Proc, and also Jimmy Proc. Uh, you know, <laughs> if there was any concern that Austin Proc getting into a top field dragster was going to distract his dad from his tuning duties, those <laughs> have gone out the window in pretty short fashion. I mean, it's not just the, the round wins, right? He's 10-1, and one, three number one qualifiers. It's like the, the, the numbers that go along with him. I think there's always been some kind of... Uh, you know, concerned that as the quicker you go, obviously, you start worrying about consistency, right? The Jimmy Proc method versus the Ron Tobler method, who tunes for Ron Caps. And that just has not been the case for this Auto Club Chevy during this, uh, this stretch of the season. Not only have they been much, much quicker than everybody else, uh, they've been extremely consistent. Right now, uh, you know, to take a Philly Bean line, there's, about, there's Robert Heights, 50 feet of crap, and then there's basically everybody else. The good news... <laughs> Uh, not for Robert Heights so much, but for everybody else, is that uh, it's way too early for it to really, really matter for anything other than bragging rights. And, of course, you've got uh, his teammate and team owner, John Force, there. 69 years of age, and the guy still got it, fourth in points. And, uh, you know, I'm just glad he hasn't really blown anything up this year compared to how he started last year. But it's, it's amazing John can still pull this off at his age. Yeah, well, you know, a, a big boost for him this year is uh, is bringing on the team that helped out Courtney Force last year. You know, so Brian Karate in that in that contingent. And so what I really think that does for for John, 
Uh, you know, John's going to be John no matter what, right? Once you've been doing this in any sport for as long as you've been doing it, you're pretty much going to do what you're going to do. But what Brian Karate brings, I think, is, is brings up the floor for that team. And what I mean by that is they're just going to be a more consistent team. Um, I still think the ceiling for, this, for that team, you know, I, I don't really think that uh, John's going to be a contender for a championship at the end of the year, but I mm-hmm. do think that that's a team that could pick up, you know, a, at the very least, you know, finally get that, that milestone victory out of the way um, and pick up a, a win here or there. Um, but, yeah, bringing Brian Karate on board, I think if, if, there, if he was a guy that maybe we was a little bit underrated when he was with Antron Brown's team, you know, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. I think that that is no longer a, a thing. Well, let's move over to Top Fuel and a, a little more parity, I guess you could say. Three different winners through the first three uh, national events of the year. Doug Kalita uh, leading the point standings uh, after Steve Torrance kind of stomped on the division last year. What's been the major story this year in Top Fuel so far? You know, I think I think really what's been interesting is that uh, we found out, you know, that while Steve Torrance obviously blew everyone's doors off last year, I think a big part of that is that, you know, he also had a little bit of good fortune to go with it. Mm. And that doesn't take anything away from what Steve Torrance did. It's just that, listen, uh, in especially our line of auto racing, um, luck is such a huge factor in mm. what you do here. You know, you can go line by line through all of Steve's wins last year and be like, hey, man, in this semifinal, he probably shouldn't have won that race. And, and there is no recovery, right? It's not a 400-lap race where, uh, you know, listen, uh, I was in Fontana for Kyle Busch's win last week. Uh, he got hit, gets hit with a pit penalty, and it doesn't really matter because the guy is so good that he can come back and do it again. If Steve Torrance, uh, you know, blows the tires off at 60 feet, that's it. The race is over. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing here. I, I'm not buying into the idea that there's something wrong with Steve Torrance's team. Uh, the big indicator is that Billy Torrance's dad is a guy that's won one of those three races. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 5-1 and one in the two races that he's been to. Uh, into the number one qualifier. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the big story in Top Fuel is that uh, basically anybody with a good enough stuff can, can, can win on Sunday. Um, Steve Torrance is still the guy to beat, you know, by the time we're going to get to Indy and certainly by the time we get back to Pomona at the end of the year. I love the Torrance crew partially because uh, they got the Laganas, you know, Bobby and Dom Lagana, because Bobby always brings his Nitro Funny Car here to our my home track, Lancaster Dragway, and they always put on uh, some great show passes here with their Nitro Funny Cars every year. So I like to see those Lagana boys have some success with the Torrance crew. Yeah, I mean, those guys are, are I think, inarguably the coolest guys in drag racing this <laughs> side of uh, Dom Perdome. It's not, it's not, it's not a contest, and uh, I'd probably uh, argue down anybody who wants to come at me with that. <laughs> uh, how about TJ Zizzo last week at the Gator Nationals? A volunteer crew, an, an underfunded team, but number one qualifier last week had a good run. It was a, a real good story last week there in Gainesville. It's really funny. Last year in Chicago, which is his, you know, home, hometown or whatever his home track, they had this big dog and pony show about how you know oh, we're going to run fewer races and really conserve stuff, and that was going to be our plan. And then they decided to show up to the Gator Nationals. You're like, you know what, never mind. We're just going to run more stuff and just kind of have some fun with this. <laughs> and that was a great story. Uh, first of all, that's uh, classic drag racer stuff, right? It's like, you know, uh, maybe we'll save our money this year. And then in there, invariably, the next year, they come out and waste some more money with us. <laughs> um, it, but it was great. You know, um, they, they really figured out how to, how to run that car. And I think a big part of it is just you've got to figure out how to run inside of your box. Um, Jim Dunn is a guy that has done that for years who has never really had as much money as, 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 as anybody else, but has managed to be successful with it. Um, and, you know, TJ is just 
one of the really great guys out here. You know, if you've ever had a chance to talk to him, he's a you know really nice guy. Uh, and you know, that was a really badass looking dragster. And uh, it was great to see them have some success. And those are those are people obviously that fans always latch on to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really know what their plan is. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't really think they know what their plan is going forward. You know, they'll run Chicago, obviously, but I think it was really cool, especially to see them do it at an event that means as much as Gainesville does. I think I've heard a similar story in any level of racing I've covered, Jake, where, you know, people say they're going to cut back and they wind up spending more money the following season. I've heard that. That's not the first time I've heard that story in other kinds of motorsports. Jake Sudstrom from National Drags for joining us here at WGR's Fast Track. Let's uh, wrap up here with Pro Stock. Bo Butner has got wins in in two of the first three races. And, uh, of course, they'll be in Vegas in a couple of weeks, but then the, the pro stock category gets some time off because of this reduced schedule this year. What what are your thoughts on uh, pro stock this season and the, the shorter schedule they're running? Well, so pro stock in general, I think, you know, that category is really interesting because so much of it depends, at least from a floor level, on the kind of equipment you have. And I think you're really seeing that with a guy like Bo Butner, who really is not, you know, in my opinion, a top, top five driver necessarily, but really has some of the best Right. Um, you know, you're seeing that again also on the, in the, because he's driving for KB Racing just to, for some uh, clarity there. And you're seeing it on the other side with the Elite, which is really, you know, right right there on, on nipping at their heels, where somebody like Erica, who is probably the best driver in the, in the business, right there with Jack Coughlin Jr., who, who has had a little bit of bad luck with the equipment. So it's going to be very close all all year, especially with this shortened schedule. And I think that's going to make things a little bit more interesting um, from a, maybe from a fan perspective. And I think that that's going to be frustrating at times, I think for the people working on the cars. Um, I think the drivers are going to be happy about it because that means, you know, uh, less time at the track. And, you know, especially because in, in our sport where they're not necessarily quote unquote professional drivers. They're drivers who also go and do other things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's part of the reason you saw this happen. Um, there, there's a reason Tanner Gray is not racing with us this year. That was not really something that he was interested in doing. He's a guy that wants to drive, you know, 52 weekends a year, not, not 18 <laughs> weekends a year. Right. So um, I think it's going to be interesting. I think that like right now, uh, Craig Anderson, who is a guy that has won many championships with us, is not in the countdown. You're going to see people that you expect to see in the countdown not make the countdown. And I'm whether that is a good thing or a bad thing is really irrelevant. It is an interesting thing, um, and that will make my job a lot easier as far <laughs> as writing about the series. Um, that's going to frustrate a lot of people. Um, it's going to be good news for somebody. Kenny Delco right now is in a countdown spot. Uh, Kenny Delco won the Gator Nationals. Uh, Long before I was born, so that's really interesting. <laughs> uh, Jake, thank you. For, oh, last thing, uh, of course, ProMod got their start last week at Gainesville, and uh, we're huge ProMod fans here in Western New York because we have a great tradition of ProModified races, including the reigning world champion, Mike Janis, who's from right here at our home track, Lancaster. And uh, although we went out in the ra- first round last weekend at Gainesville, uh, loved the ProMod category. It was so great to see Mike win the championship last season. Yeah, Todd Tuttero getting finally getting a, an NHRA promo win was uh, pretty pretty amazing. Um, I I don't know uh, what 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 promo fans wanted more if it was to see Ricky Smith win after switching you know to, to Turbo or if it was very much not to see Ricky Smith win after winning in Turbo. But uh, getting a, a first time winner, you know, I mean, obviously Todd has proven himself in so many different you know disciplines of promo. I guess if you will, that's not like. Uh, he needed this to, to say, like, oh, man, this guy's good. Um, but, man, that was, that was a 
you know, pro mod in Gainesville is so amazing just because the air is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw a lot of great racing and obviously a pretty wild crash with Mike Castellana. Um, yeah, it's going to be that that's going to be a great, great series all, all, all year long. Jake, great stuff. Uh, what what do you got coming up here on uh, the second off week uh, over there at NHRA.com and National Dragster? What can race fans look forward to, to seeing from you here bef- leading up to Las Vegas? Well, in the latest issue, we've got a big profile on Jack Beckman, who I assume that a lot of people are familiar with, a funny car driver for Don Schumacher Racing on NHRA.com right now. You can read a pretty great profile by my buddy Kevin McKenna on Justin Lamb, who is I guess young, yeah, he's in his 20s, a uh, really incredible uh, sportsman racer, so you should check that out. And uh, we're going to have some more stuff on Entry.com leading up to the four wide in Las Vegas. And if you have not had a chance to check that out, I would do that. Uh, I know obviously we've been doing that for a while in Charlotte, but you cannot beat it in Vegas. Yeah, that uh, I was talking uh, before we had you on. I was talking about you know uh, NASCAR events I'd love to go see, and Martinsville's probably tops on my list. Uh, if I had to put auto racing events I want to see a bucket list, uh, one of the four wide events is high up there. It looks so cool. I know some of the drivers aren't fond of it still, but that'd be something to to, to a to see a national event in person. I've yet to do that, but especially the four wides. That's number one on my bucket list. What I always tell people is, hey, man, listen, I don't have to get in the car, so it's still good for me. <laughs> uh, great stuff. Jake, you, Jake, thank you for the time, especially getting up early out there out west. Really appreciate it. Uh, and, and enjoy the rest of the season. Hopefully we can talk to you again soon. All right. Appreciate you, brother. Have a good one. You too. Jake Sundstrom from NHRA.com and National Dragster. You can follow him at NHRA Sundstrom on Twitter for more information. And I uh, just wanted to give the NHRA some love here this morning on the program as uh, they're off to uh, a good three-race start here to their 2019 season. Again, Vegas coming up the first weekend of April, the uh, second, first of the two four-wide events, uh, followed up by their trip to Charlotte and ZMAX Dragway for the other four-wide nationals event there on the 2019 schedule. We come back, we'll go from when we started talking about old paper clips and ovals and road courses, then we went straight line racing. Now we're going to take two wheels off. We're going to talk two-wheel racing, motorcycle racing with Daytona 200 winner Kyle Wyman. We get back here on Fast Track on WGR. Hey, this is Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Shell Penzo Ford, and you're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. 11.33 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I can barely hear it, Mike. I don't know. Is this is this what I think this is? Okay, I got to do the head bang. Yep. Okay, the Hardy Boys. They're in Buffalo today for the uh, WWE house show today at Key Bank Center. Yes, I'll be there. It's uh, Me too. It's a guilty pleasure, I guess you could say. <laughs> Uh, 1133 here in WGR's Fast Track. I don't know. That just that just took me off my train of thought that I was going to talk about to open up this segment. But uh, great to talk some drag racing with Jake Sundstrom from National Dragster. Again, follow him on Twitter uh, at NHRA Sundstrom. Again, we've got uh, NASCAR in Martinsville today coming up at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon on uh, Fox. And you've got IndyCar at CODA, Circuit of the Americas, at 1 o'clock this afternoon on uh, NBC Sports Network. So that'll give you something to get ready for. UB, as uh, both of their teams are in action tonight with uh, round two of the NCAA tournament for both the men and the women. The men's game is on ESPN 1520, and the women's game is on 1400 AM. And, Mike, what's the FM frequency again? What I think it's 103.7. Yes, thank He's giving me the thumbs up. He's trying to get Kyle Wyman on the phone for me. Uh, 103.7 FM and 1400 AM for the women's game today as they take on UConn. That'll be huge uh, if they could pull an upset there today. 
um, today there in the uh, NCAA tournament. So uh, that'll so you got some racing here early on in the afternoon, and then you can cap off with uh, the again the channel flipping. Uh, Bulls fans just. Tough luck with the scheduling, having a channel flip here, both first and the second round of the NCAA tournament um, with the men and the women playing at the same time yet again. And, uh, hey, the Bandits won again last night. They're really good. They're 12-3. and three. They're in first place. They've clinched a playoff berth. They're going back to the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Uh, good stuff there. A hard-fought win against Toronto last night. They were down 4 nothing coming into the first quarter. Then they went on a six-goal run to go up 6-4 and held on to win 8-6. Uh, they're not... Back at home until April 20th, unfortunately, for their final regular season game of the year. But it's looking pretty good, like there'll be at least one home playoff game uh, coming up in the month of May here in Banditland. So excited about that. And uh, as always, uh, proud to be part of that broadcast team on ESPN 1520. Uh, Bandits in action next, the first weekend of April, Friday, April 5th at Toronto. Let's go to the Wester Hotline and bring in, though, he is the newest winner of the Daytona 200 in Superbike Racing. He's out of Rochester, New York. His name is Kyle Wyman, and we learned about him last week on the program thanks to a caller. And Kyle, uh, I will admit I don't follow motorcycle racing, but I was super excited to hear about your win at Daytona. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, great to be on, and uh, cool, cool to hear somebody's you know, you know, shouting it out to you. Yeah, I got to thank Chris who, who called in to bring it to our attention, and then I reached out to you, and I went back and watched the race there on Fans' Choice and uh, watched that four-lap dash to the finish, and my goodness, Kyle, that was, th- I'm sure it was really exciting from where you were from on the bike, but just watching it on the internet there, that five, six bike battle for the lead there through those last four laps. Just kind of take us through what it was like, those last four laps racing for the win. Yeah, well, it's um, it's Daytona is always unique because you have so much draft. You know, you have a lot of drafting that's going on, and uh, throughout that 200 mile race, I, I had to really plan my strategy out. You know, for what ended up being a four lap sprint. You know, you turn an endurance race into a sprint race pretty quick when you you just put everybody back on the front row. So, um, my only chance was to kind of try to get away, mm-hmm. and uh, we were able to do it. So, worked out. And that that last red flag was that kind of, that really helped you out because I was listening to your post race comments there on the broadcast and you were kind of in safe fuel mode right before then so that red flag kind of saved you with your your fuel mileage there at the end of the race. Yeah, um, you know I I ran out, I, I I had a five second lead in the middle of the race mm-hmm. before our second pit stop and um, I ran out of fuel on the in lap and it turns out that the first pit stop they didn't get our fuel tank all the way full mm-hmm. but. I didn't know that, you know, we don't have radio <laughs> communication or anything. So I just was trying to conserve fuel to, to salvage a third place. And uh, that's where I was kind of. And then, you know, five, four laps to go, that red flag came out and reshuffled everything, put us all back on even terms. So pretty much 180 miles of the 200 race didn't really mean too much until, uh, you know, except for there was only six of us on the lead lap. Only six of us could actually win it yeah. in that sprint. But all six of you were, like, right there at least. I mean, it maybe went down to five or four bikes by the end, but it was at least the top yeah. four. You guys traded the lead back and forth there a lot there during those last four laps. It was thrilling. Yeah, quite a bit. You know, Daytona just provides that kind of racing. You know, you get a pack of bikes like that. The draft is huge, you know, so even if you have a gap, you know, coming out onto that, you know, NASCAR three and four mm-hmm. after you come out of the infield, you know, you get you get swallowed up pretty quick. So you've got to have a, have a really good gap to be able to break that draft. 
uh, one of the maybe the the race winning pass. I think I remember if I remember this correctly, but I think your race winning pass. You actually passed the bike ahead of you going into what the bus stop or the chicane, whatever you want to call that, on the back stretch of the oval. There is that a, a typical place to pass where you made that pass, or was was that maybe you caught the guy by surprise passing him entering that chicane on the back stretch? Uh, that was yeah. So that was me just trying to make sure I was in the top three. You know, I had to be in the top three, and and that's that's a pretty typical space just because it's so wide of, of a racetrack. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of got past the tri oval and passed back for the lead going into the infield. I knew I wanted to lead into the infield because that's where I was the strongest. I didn't want to get held up. So, um, yeah, those are the two biggest uh, passing zones: okay. turn one and and the bus stop. Uh, Kyle Wyman joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Okay, Kyle, I have to now ask some ignorant, uh, dumb fan questions because I don't follow motorcycle racing, so I've got to ask these kind of easy questions, but I'm just curious, and I'm sure people at home listening are curious. Racing at Daytona, uh, first off, what are the top speeds you are reaching there, especially around the oval parts of the facility? So we've heard uh, a couple guys were in the high 180s, up to 188 uh, in the tri-oval, and you don't really get that on your own. You only get that in that draft, like uh-huh. we talked about. But with a pack racing, yeah, big top speeds. My God, two, on two wheels. I'm sure it doesn't seem like – I'm sure you're used to it, but <laughs> just to hear you say that 180 miles an hour on two wheels. And then my other dumb fan question is uh, racing on the banking there. I, I mean, it looks crazy with four wheels and stock cars and sports cars, but what is it like being on two wheels there at the top of the banking in the corners? Well, it's definitely different because you're actually leaned over yeah. also. So, yeah. you know, you got 31 degrees of banking and then you're leaned over at maybe, you know, I don't know, another 30. So, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like you're perpendicular to the ground. Yeah. And you're trying to look up and you're looking up and, and, it, and it's almost like, feels like you're in a loop. Yeah. It might sound weird, but... You can't see the end of the banking when you when you enter into it. So you're looking up, and you, the G forces make it feel like you're straight up and down. So it just feels like you're in a roller coaster loop. Yeah, that was again. That was another just from watching it. Just the the sight. Yeah, literally, like you said, you're per, almost perpendicular to the apron there of the banking uh, when you get up at the top. The, the, again, that was another sight that just kind of blew me away. So Kyle, uh, of the course, that you probably noticed is we go straight to the top of the banking. Yeah, and then we come down. Right, mm-hmm. and and that's kind of a, a line that we used. We use the the hill of the banking, the downhill of the banking as we exit it, mm-hmm. as part of our drive down that straightaway. All right, yeah, kind it, of an interesting bike line. Does that so. it, it, it just help set you up for the the next part of the course better? Yep. So, Kyle, um, again, you've reached you know the the kind of the pinnacle of superbike racing with this Daytona 200 win, but let, let's go back to how it all began here uh, from Rochester, the, the Macedon area. Um, how did you get involved in motorcycle racing, and how long have you been doing this for? Yeah, so my family's uh, Harms Harley-Davidson out in Macedon, New York, so okay. Harley-Davidson dealership, and just grew up riding dirt bikes, and then, you know, we started getting into local flat track racing. So my first race was at the Crusaders Motorcycle Club in Albion, not too far down the road. Mm. And that was kind of my local, you know, stomping grounds. You know, Albion was that, that whole area. It's kind of a hotbed of, uh, of motorcycle racers that have come out of there that are racing pro flat track and, and road racing. But um, just went through the amateur ranks of flat track, 
turned pro in flat track, so, you know, all dirt racing until I was about 18, 19 years old, I switched over to road racing. And that's a pretty natural transition for a lot of guys. Uh, was, uh, what, what, on uh, dirt, was it flat, you flat track, did you do any kind of, like, a motocross too, or were you strictly flat track when you were on dirt? No, just, yeah, all flat tracks, just mostly oval horse, horse tracks, you know, up in Canada, we'd go into Ontario and race a lot of stuff there, we'd race in Ohio quite a bit, and, uh, yeah, just kept it kind of northeast, even when we did the pro stuff in the flat track, we didn't do the, the whole national series, we were kind of just doing regional stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you're uh, in. I, I gotta correct me if I'm wrong, but the, you're in the the Moto America series now, which is kind of like the top national series for this. Yeah, so it, it's it's kind of confusing with the 200. The Daytona used to be part of the whole national series with AMA Superbike, but mm. now it's just like a one-off, separate race, and um, it doesn't count for points or anything else. So the Moto America series is now the national series, and that first race is in two weeks at Road Atlanta. So. Okay. This Daytona race was kind of my preseason, and that was on a 600cc machine, which is that that class for the 200, just 600s. And I race Superbike, which is 1,000cc machines in, in uh, Moto America. All right, and yeah, you guys go to a bunch of very familiar uh, f- road course facilities. You said Road Atlanta. You go, then you go to Coda after that, where IndyCar is today. Road America, Laguna Seca, Sonoma. You know all facilities any race fan is familiar of. Uh, I got to ask another, I guess, dumb fan question. But all these road courses. What about what is the road racing uh, on motorcycles at Watkins Glen? Is, is that ever a, a potential? I'm sure you'd love to have a, a nice home race like that. Uh, is that ever a possibility, you think, someday to maybe go to Watkins Glen with this series? No. Okay. Unfortunately not. I mean, they just, they the, the Armco and the walls are right on the edge of the t- racetrack. I mean, even a lot of the car drivers are like, no way, we don't want to race there, you know? <laughs> it's unfortunate because, it, yeah, it's right down the road. It's such a beautiful area. It's such a cool layout, but no, it's just not going to work for us. You know, we we need all that runoff. Gotcha. We need an air fence and stuff like that, and uh, it's just never going to get homologated. Understandable. I the, just, again had to ask these ig- ignorant fan questions for someone not familiar with uh, uh, super bike racing. But uh, Kyle, again, I, I wish I would have known about your successes sooner. I was glad that Chris, that our caller Chris, brought this to our attention, and uh, it was a thrilling finish. Congratulations, and uh, thank you for the time this morning. Best of luck this season uh, on the Moto America series. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Kyle Wyman, again, winner of the Daytona 200 for Superbike Racing. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He's at on at, uh, at Kyle Wyman. And, again, uh, MotoAmerica.com for more information about the, the series he's going to compete in this year. And also uh, KyleWymanRacing.com is his website. And uh, I love it. You know, We always try and get uh, local drivers that have success on a, a major – uh, you know, national level, whenever we can. So if you have other stories like this, you know, feel free, tweet me, uh, Facebook message us, um, email me, uh, dbuchanan at wgr550.com. If you guys have anything else like this, uh, I I know we focus kind of on NASCAR and some of the local short track stuff, but I'm open to covering any form of motorsports, especially when local drivers are having uh, great success like Kyle has. And we, we so I love to feature them on the program. So if you got any more stories like that at home you want to share us, please uh, 
feel free to bring it to my attention again. Thank you to our caller last week that uh, brought us uh, Kyle to our attention. I'm glad we could br- get him on the show here quickly to talk about that. All right, we get back. We will wrap up today's edition of Fast Track. Uh, time for your phone calls at 803-0550, What about it, motorcycle fans? Are any of you out there listening this morning? Love to hear uh, if you're a fan of superbike racing. I know motocross uh, it was on you know NBC Sports Network last night. I know that's pretty big, um, but... You know, I have a neighbor, actually. He's a huge fan of Superbike Racing. Uh, if anybody else out there, if you uh, were happy to hear from Kyle and knew about his success, again, feel free to call in here, 803-0550, We get back here to wrap up Fast Track on WGR. Hi, this is Brad Keselowski, driver of the number two discount tire Ford. You're listening to WGR, Sports Radio 550. I... Something about Brad, the way he said WGR there made me laugh. I don't know. Just kind of sounded weird coming out of uh, Brad Keselowski there. Uh, 11.52 here on WGR's Faster. We don't have a lot of time as we got to get out for uh, NCAA tournament coverage. They'll have uh, whip-around coverage here coming up at the top of the hour. And then again, UB men on 15.20. And the women are on 1400 and 103.7 FM today for uh, UB Bulls go horns. Or horns up, excuse me. Horns up. Uh, for the Bulls uh, this evening, for the men and the women. Uh, mentioned earlier, there was some uh, qualifying uh, or inspection issues at Martinsville this morning as teams went through pre-race inspection. William Boyron and then also DJ Kennington and Jeb Burton uh, all had their times thrown out after failing inspection today, so they'll all fall to the rear of the field for today's race. They'll roll off 34th, 35th, and 36th, respectively. Uh, again, Joey Logano, Eric Almarola on the front row. The trucks were in action yesterday. Always loved the trucks at Martinsville. Uh, and Kyle Busch, uh, well, he beat up on the field, led 174 laps out of 250 and picked up the win there yesterday. Uh, Stuart Friesen started on the pole, led 18 laps, but unfortunately finished fifth. I think they might have missed on the strategy a little bit with the pit stops. But uh, still another top five for Stewart. And hey, look, Stuart Friesen is leading the Truck Series points for just four races in, I know, but still pretty impressive. Uh, Stewart and the Hallmar Racing Team and Trip Bruce uh, leading the Truck Series point standings after four races here in 2019. He's got three top tens, two top fives, and is on top of the standings. That's pretty cool. Grant Enfinger is second, four points back at Stewart. Brett Moffitt, Johnny Sauter, Harrison Burton round out the top five. Ben Rose, Austin Hill, Matt Crafton, Todd Gilland. And Sheldon Creed, uh, your top 10 in Truck Series points after the first four races. Uh, still, dis- despite uh, not winning yet this year, but he's, he's been very close. Uh, four, they highlighted four second-place finishes um, so far in his career. Still looking for that first Truck Series win for Stuart Friesen. I think it's going to come this year, and uh, when it does, I think... I'm still conv- if it's not at Eldora, I think it's going to be in a mile and a half track because their mile and a half package uh, has just been phenomenal. He always seems to run really well at those tracks, and I think that's oh, three out of his four second place finishes. I think maybe even come at mile and a half tracks. Just going off the top of my head, uh, I think one of those second place finishes was at Eldora, but he's also had a couple runner ups uh, finishes at mile and a half. So, but Stuart Friesen leading the Truck Series points and won the pole for Martin the race at Martinsville yesterday. Just great to see. He is off. Uh, he was supposed to be racing today in Pennsylvania with the Dirt Modified. I actually haven't looked to see if that race was still on for today or canceled due to weather, but he had a, a doubleheader for this weekend and actually uh, picked up a win, I think it was last weekend, 
uh, over in uh, Delaware, Georgetown Speedway in the Dirt Modified, as uh, he keeps himself pretty busy when not in the truck, uh, running with the uh, the Hallmar team on the dirt. And uh, all that dirt action and pavement action will start making its way closer to Western New York as uh, we get closer to local racing season here. That'll do it. We're out of time. I'm late, actually. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Sunday at 11 with another edition of Fast Track here on WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.